Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway continued our series, Choose Your Own Adventure. Actually, we closed out the series. This was week four of Choose Your Own Adventure, and this week was a little bit different. Um, This time around, instead of a typical message, we actually spent some time practicing the spiritual disciplines that we've been talking about in previous weeks. So we've talked about uh, how important it is to slow down in our hurried, busy lives and the importance of silence, solitude, and stillness. We talked about how our friends influence us and how God uses the people around us to point us to Him and, and shape our faith. And so are we considering the types of people that we spend the most time with and who our closest friends are? And then we also talked about service and how there's things in life that break our heart, typically the, the brokenness of the world or the issues of the world. And some of those things break our heart more than they do someone else's, and uh, they break our heart more than other issues in the world. And so how might God want us to invest in that, plug into that, and and use us in those broken places to bring wholeness and, and kingdom uh, into this world. And so we took this week not to have a typical message, but to actually step in and practice the things that we've been talking about. And we did this in four ways. And instead of listening to a typical message, if you're going to follow along in this podcast, I'm actually going to encourage you to attempt these practices on your own. So this may require you to stop the podcast a couple times. Uh, It may mean that you need to get a timer ready because we kind of put some time restraints around this. Uh, So let me go ahead and jump in and tell you what we did and feel free to practice it on your own. So the first thing we did was we practiced silence, solitude, and stillness. And with Uh, The group that we had on Sunday morning, we actually encouraged all of them to bring their devices and put them on stage. And so whether that was a cell phone or a tablet or anything else that they had that would be a distraction, it was really cool. Students came up and put those devices on stage. And we went for the next uh, about five minutes as I explained what we were doing and then three minutes of intentional silence, stillness, and solitude. Um, We went that whole time without our devices And it was incredible. So what we did was we put away all the distractions. People spread out so that they weren't near each other, weren't distracted by other people. And then I literally put three minutes on the clock and asked the students in the room, these middle schoolers, to to just think on God, nothing else, to kind of eliminate distractions in their minds, try to push the, the thoughts out of their minds of school or of home or whatever it might be, and to just for the next three minutes focus on God. That's what we did. We were silent, we were still, and we were in solitude to an extent, as much as you can in a room like ours. And so I'd encourage you to try that. Maybe take some deep breaths, um, put everything that's distracting aside, turn off this podcast or pause it for a moment, and just put, put three minutes on the clock or maybe just in your mind and sit and think uh, about God. Psalm 46.10 tells us in the first line of three, it tells us to be still and know that I am God. And the question I posed on Sunday morning was, how many of us know this verse? And then versus maybe how many of us actually practice this verse? Being still and knowing that God is God. That's something that you and I need a lot more of in our life. 
from there, we uh, went on to the second practice of the morning, which was just meditating on our identity in Christ. And so what I did for this was pretty simple, um, pretty much put three minutes on the clock again and just uh, honestly put a list of, of who we are in Christ. If you are a believer, if you are a child of God, I put a list of uh, our identity, just a part of it, onto the screen. I'm actually going to read those for you. And uh, what we did with these was just invite students and, and anybody else in the room and anyone listening to this podcast to just meditate on these truths. And so if you are a Christian, these things are true about you. And so you can meditate and be thankful and um, and just praise God for all this. If you are not yet a Christian, when you hear these things, maybe it'll give you a little bit of an insight into what it is that Christians believe about themselves now that they have been saved by Jesus. So the first one... Um, the way this works is I'll, I'll give you the identity. So it's just like a phrase or a couple words and then um, give you a scripture reference if you want to look it up later. So the first one was just that if you are in Christ, you are God's child. And that comes from Ephesians 1 verses 3 through 8. The second one was if you are in Christ, then you are a friend of Christ. And that can be found in John fifteen fifteen. The third one, if you are in Christ, then you are a member of Christ's church, the large large body, the big C church. And the reference for that was in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. The next one is that if you are in Christ, if you are a son or a daughter of God, then you are a citizen of heaven. You can find that in Philippians 3, verse 20. If you are in Christ, then you are God's workmanship. You are a masterpiece. You can find that in Philipp or sorry, excuse me, Ephesians two, verse ten. If you are in Christ, then you are a new creation. It's probably maybe one of the most familiar, and it's found in Second Corinthians five, verse seventeen. If you are in Christ, then you are a minister of God. Second Corinthians five, eighteen through twenty one. If you are in Christ, then you are justified and righteous. That's according to Romans 5, verse 1. If you are in Christ, then you are secure in his hand. He's got you. He's holding you. John 10, 28. And the final one that we had listed on the screen, there's so many more that we could have chosen here, um, was if you are in Christ then you are free from condemnation. And that's found in Romans 8.1. So again, maybe you want to turn off the podcast and, um, or maybe go back and listen to those and maybe list them out. And I just encourage you to pick one or two of those and just meditate. Again, maybe put three minutes on the clock. Um, if you want to, get out some paper and a pen and just write the thoughts that come to your mind as you think about your identity in Christ as a Christian or if you're confused or just starting to learn about what Christians believe or who Jesus is, maybe you want to take a couple of those verses or a couple of those identity phrases or, um, or words, and you just want to think about, okay, so this is what it means to be a Christian. Like, if I really want to understand this thing, maybe I should understand why they, they believe these things and what this actually means. So I encourage you to do that right now. The third thing that we did... 
uh, with our students on Sunday was we just lifted up one another in prayer. We, uh, in week two, if you remember, we talked about the, the friends that we choose. We talked about how God used the people around us. And so we just, we did that. We literally, I said, hey, everyone break up into groups of two, no more than three. And pretty much everyone in the room was in a group of two. And the challenge was just, hey, for the next couple minutes, we're going to uh, make sure we know one another. So uh, introduce yourself if you haven't already. And then just ask, you know, hey, what do you need prayer for? And spend time praying for each other. So this is kind of a hard one because it meant that maybe someone who hadn't prayed out loud before is now being challenged or pushed to pray out loud. But we're okay with that. We knew that this morning would be different. We knew that there were things about it that would be awkward and we just embraced the awkwardness, to be honest. And so while this may have been one of the hardest ones for our students, I think that it was also one of the sweetest. Um, in fact, looking around, uh, I saw a couple of students just with tears in their eyes, because uh, not only is this for some, maybe the first time that they've prayed aloud or the first time that they've prayed for someone else, but this is this could also be the first time in a long time where someone has directly prayed for them. Now, I don't think we... Uh, understand fully the power of prayer, period. Like we could go on about that for a long time. But I also don't think we understand um, maybe a piece of, of prayer, which is just the encouragement that comes from taking a brother or sister or just a, a human being. Maybe they don't, they don't even know God, but there is an incredible spiritual encouragement that comes from taking that person before the Lord, lifting up their needs to our Heavenly Father and, and just asking, just going before uh, God on that person's behalf. There's something incredible about that. So here's what I want to challenge you to do is maybe you are not with someone. Uh, if you are listening to this together, hello. Uh, I'm glad that you guys have chosen to spend your time this way. Um, but more likely than not, you are alone. Maybe you're in your car or you're um, just eating a meal while you listen to this or something. And I just want to encourage you to take just a couple minutes to to pray for somebody. Maybe just ask God like, Hey, Lord, who do, who do you want me to pray for? I'd imagine that you, you probably already have someone on your mind, though. And whatever the need is, whoever the person is, just take a second to lift them up in prayer. And maybe if I can uh, even push you a little bit more, would you consider doing it out loud? Um, I know for me that the times that I pray out loud are the times that I, I tend to focus a little more on what I'm saying. Like, it's easy when I pray uh, just quietly to myself for other thoughts to take over and, you know, just the stuff of the day or whatever it might be for those things to, to take over my thoughts and my prayers. But when I say it out loud, I feel like I have to think, I have to focus. And so I'm going to challenge you to do that. That was the third thing that we did, the third spiritual practice on Sunday morning. The fourth, where we ended it, is with something that we really are, are looking forward to doing more often, and that's taking communion together. So the way we did this uh, in our context was we actually had a little glass where we put some grape juice in it, and we, we just had a, a plate where we had some bread on it, and we invited students to come up and uh, in a line, you know, one at a time, take a piece of the bread, dip it into the grape juice, and then take it back to their seat, contemplate the sacrifice of Jesus and, and all that that means for them, and then just take the bread and grape juice um, in their own time. So this was incredible. Obviously, we went through the, the reason we do communion in the first place. And that's because Jesus, before he went to the cross, um, one of the last things he did was have what's typically called the Last Supper, 
where he gathered his his guys together, his closest friends, the disciples. And one of the things he did during that time was uh, hold up some bread and invite them to eat it and say, hey, take this bread in, in remembrance of me. And they couldn't have possibly understood everything that he was saying. This was before he was crucified. So he's still there with him. Jesus, what do you, what do you mean we're going to take this bread? It represents your body. Like that sounds really weird. Um, but he was pointing to what would happen. And now for us in the year 2020, it's pointing back to what has happened, what has been done uh, on our behalf that Jesus did indeed sacrifice his, his body on the cross for us and in so many ways sacrifice his, his body in all of the years that he was here on earth. And so taking the bread and remembering his bodily sacrifice and then Jesus also invited the disciples at the time at the Last Supper to take, the, take wine and drink from the cup in remembrance of his blood that eventually would be shed not, not long after that gathering, that, that Last Supper. And so we took grape juice for, uh, in order to remember the sacrifice of Jesus' blood, again, shed for us on the cross so that a way would be made. There was no other way. Um, it's not possible for us to make our way to God uh, on our own. We needed a sacrifice. We needed this body and blood being shed for us, and we needed it in the form of the only person who could ever live a perfect life, and that is God himself, God in the flesh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so we took those things and remembered, and it was another sweet time with our students and a perfect way to wrap up the morning. And so if you're at home and you're like, well, I don't have any grape juice, maybe you are uh, doing Whole30 or something, and so you can't eat any bread. The reality is, and funny enough, one of our students actually said, man, I wish that this could be cheeseburgers and milkshakes. And I heard that and laughed and and then thought for a minute, and it's like, it can be. This is... This is what our meals are supposed to be, not just when we take communion at church, but when we gather around a table or when we're, uh, when we're with friends or family or even when we're, when we're by ourselves eating a sandwich from Firehouse Subs. Uh, you, can take, you can take communion. You can remember Jesus as you eat your food and his bodily sacrifice for you and I. And you can remember uh, the blood that he shed as you drink whatever drink you're drinking and be thankful. That's, that's a huge reason of why we pray before our meals, and so many of us miss it, because our prayer ends up simply being, Jesus, thank you for this food, thank you for this day, amen. And that's it. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that prayer, but I think we've said it so many times, we've, we've done that prayer so many times, that we forget the real reason why we should be thankful. And so here's my challenge for you is, Whenever your next meal is, or if you just want to take a snack because all this talk about food has made you hungry, uh, whenever, whenever you next eat something, remember specifically the sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, be thankful for your food. Be thankful for your day. But take a moment to specifically look back to the cross and remember the sacrifice of Jesus for you and for me. That's, that's all we did. That's, that was the four things that we did on this past Sunday morning, and it was incredible. Um, there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of cool moments for our students, and this is definitely something that we want to do more often. We are finding that, uh, I mean, if you, if you look at schooling 
And you can take a subject like math, for instance. A teacher will stand up in the class and talk about uh, how to do this new math problem. Maybe you're learning multiplication or division for the first time or whatever. I, I don't know what else you might learn. I'm not a good math guy. But let's just say you're learning a new math thing for the first time. Teacher explains it, and then you get an opportunity to actually try it, to practice it, to attempt to solve the problems in the same way the teacher did. And then you get to come back and talk about uh, what you did, the problems you had, the questions you have. And um, at, at least that's what hopefully it looks like in a, in a good classroom setting. And the, the question on my mind keeps being, okay, so we talk about a lot of incredible, uh, powerful things on Sunday mornings, both in our large group time and in our small group times. But when do we get a chance to practice those things? When do we get a chance to actually try and attempt to do the things that we talk about? And... Um, you know, sometimes it, it sort of happens by accident uh, on a Sunday morning or it happens throughout the week and we can come back and ask a small group leader or a trusted uh, friend or person on Sunday morning, you know, hey, I tried this thing and, or, or here's what happened and now, now what? What do you think? But we really want to try to look for ways in the future and maybe this week is a, an example of that, of how do we help our students attempt the things that we talk about on Sunday mornings, and then give plenty of opportunity for them, whether it's in small groups or maybe just out loud in a large group setting, to ask questions like, hey, here's what we just did, but I don't understand why we did it that way, or I don't understand what was happening, or um, that's really cool, can we do it again? And so we're looking for more ways to do that. I pray in your own life that you would look for opportunities to practice whatever it is you're learning on a Sunday morning or from a podcast or just in a conversation around the dinner table. When we talk about the things of Jesus, it's not meant to just stay on our lips. It's meant to penetrate our hearts and begin to, do, to be something that we actually live out. This, what Dallas Willard so often refers to, is the spiritual life. It's a life that is lived, not just spoken, not just thought about, um, but, but lived. So I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope that you really do take some of these challenges and uh, make, them, make them your own, make them hopefully a regular rhythm in your life. Um, and yep, that's, that's the end. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on the FGS podcast.